Are you thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition? How do you ensure you'll maximize your profit? If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process, all while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs of the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything, from the contractors to the design, all while managing the costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels they've done for homeowners in the metro area. In past jobs, they've put anywhere from fifteen to 60000 more in their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today to find out what Houselift can do for you. That's 303-885-7888. Oh, and if you hire one of their preferred realtors, they'll sell your home without charging a listing commission. Let's hop into the show. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast. It's a Thursday. Man, this week is flying by, uh, and it's going to be a great show today because we have football on the field to talk about. We got this week. We got one more week of football going on next week. Do you know if we'll get more than one, or are we just getting one next week, too? I think we're getting three. Wow. Three. Not positive. Next week. But I will get your hopes up. That would be awesome. And then we head into the summer, but Zach, I have some... Exciting news to share with you. Oh, hit me. Last night, I was going to a business meeting at Linger in uh, the Highlands, which is a great place. Uh, Highly recommended. But the wait was too long. So you know what I did? Little man? Headed down to my brother's bar. Oh, yes. The Zach Stevens (laughs) favorite. Had never been there before. Got myself a burger. No bun, of course. And got to say, I was impressed. Ah, uh, yes. I love hearing that. Was it smothered in cheese? Yeah. So I got the, I'm going to call it like the Big Jimmy. Okay. okay. Along Don't lines. think that exists there, but. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely Jimmy involved. There's a Johnny, Johnny ah, burger. the Johnny. <laughs> I got Jimmy John's somehow confused in there. The Johnny. And it was delicious. Um Two different types of cheese. Actually, yep. three if you include yep. cream cheese, <laughs> yep. jalapenos, grilled onions, the works. It was delicious. It's it's my favorite burger ever, and it's a little different. I mean, especially if you're going to linger before, and you go to my brother's bar, they bring your burger out in, uh, what is that? Not plastic wrap, but... Uh, it, it, it's like on, on just a plastic like wax paper. Exact wax paper. That's what I'm looking for. And then they bring the condiments out, kind of in this tray. It's different, man. I'm so happy you made it there. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> and you got just, the right burger. There's just one thing missing. Uh oh. Just needed some LA seasoning <laughs> on that burger. That's all I needed. It was it was fantastic. Meat was tender. Bur- the patties were nice and fat. Um, just needed a little little more seasoning. But I've otherwise, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I've got to try this life-changing seasoning. It will change your life. 
you won't be able to look at any meat ever the same again. So it's not just beef. No, 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 no. I put it in the burgers. Uh, like I said, if it's red, there's always seasoning going on it. So it really is John Elway's greatest contribution. I, I would say so. <laughs> it affects my life on a weekly basis. <laughs> I guess John, I mean, pretty much everything John Elway does affects my life at this point. That's very true. Uh, but anyways, good review. It is kind of crazy. They bring this like giant, the tables are pretty small. Yep. <laughs> and then they bring this like <laughs> giant boat of condiments on there. I was like, I asked, I was sitting there with Brandon and someone we were meeting with and I was like, do you guys mind if I move this? Like I, I, I'm like afraid to like slice my burger or else I'm going to knock it off the table. It's uh, it's the long, it has the longest active liquor license of anywhere in Denver too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I would say we took a little bit advantage of that last <laughs> night. We closed the place down. Uh, and it was a it was a great time. Um, I took a picture of all the table, all the chairs were stacked on top of the tables. And I was going to be like, this is how most BSN business meetings end <laughs> with tables, with chairs on top of tables. So a good meeting. It was a great meeting. Loved hearing it. Yes. Um, and speaking of great, I think it's time to talk about what we saw yesterday on the field. And there were some great things out there. What, I'll let you start. I'll let you start with your favorite observation of the day. Fumagalli. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Impressive. Man, number 84 was lighting it up. And Ryan, I had uh, a media member, not you, next to me say, after Fumagalli caught touchdown pass, look at me and say, who's number 84? And Troy Fumagalli. Kid you not, three plays later, the person next to him leans back and goes, Wait, who's number 84? Oh my God. And I said, Troy Fumagalli. And I mean, it, real quick, we might not know that Aaron Wallace <laughs> is still on the roster. Although when I saw his face yesterday, yep. I was like, I do know that guy. Yep, we actually talked about him last week. We did. He looks like, I forget which one is which, but he looks like one of Key and Peel. Key. Ah, he looks like Key. I think. He looks like if Key was a football player. <laughs> exactly. He'd be perfect for a skit with them. Yes. Uh, anyways. Saw him and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a guy." But, but that's like Aaron. You should know who Drew for <laughs> Troy Fumagalli is. Troy Froy Magali. <laughs> Troy Fumagalli. You should know who that is. And why? Why that is so good in a way is a lot of people have just written him off. Just like just like a lot of people have written Jake Butt off. And there's probably a little more credence to writing Jake Butt off. Although Ryan. Neither you nor I have done that. But his injury concerns are greater than Troy Fumagalli's. Troy's just entering his second year. He had a redshirt season. That that we, we never have viewed that as a bad thing. Now, when it turns into a redshirt sophomore season, then like, like with Jake Butt, that's when you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, can you count on it? Troy, he's not down that path at all, and he's been forgotten, but not by Joe Flacco. Certainly not by Flacco, and that's almost exactly what I wrote yesterday. I'm like, Troy Fumagalli has become the afterthought of the tight end class, not only because of Jake Butt, not only because they re-signed Jeff Hyman, because but because they used a first-round pick on Noah Fant, and all of a sudden Troy Fumagalli becomes an afterthought. But yesterday he's running with the ones. Mm-hmm. The whole day. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. And Joe Flacco was all over him. And that is eye-opening because I you can tell, and this is something that was in the scouting report on Troy Fumagalli coming out of college, has a knack for finding the open space. And remember, in this defense, it's a zone defense for, for the most part. There's open spaces. That's how you beat a zone defense. And Fum clearly 
knows how to navigate his way into those little holes. And they had a connection that was just rolling all day long. And where's the most important part of the field to find open spaces? The red zone. It's when it gets tight in the red zone. And he was he was finding it left and right. I believe there was a, th- a three-play series with Joe Flacco, kind of going, what was it, from the seven or the four or the five it's or like something? The five, yeah. I mean, there's no room to get open in there. That's when you got to make the corner of the end zone leaping grabs with Cortland Sutton. But – Joe was looking just right in the middle of the field. With Troy Fumagalli, he was able to find those open spaces. That, that, that's a great thing you picked up on. And uh, he did not look. He looked like a natural. He, he, especially after, obviously, not doing anything last year. Earlier this offseason, still just doing stuff on the side. And we're going, what the heck is up with this, with this hernia that happened a year ago? Last week... Yeah, I, I didn't notice him at all. I mean, Jeff was the guy running with the ones. Noah Fant was running with the ones as well. It was the Fumagalli show yesterday. Yeah, like I said uh, on the subheadline in my story on the observations, which over a 1,000 words, go check that out if you want a more in-depth breakdown of what we saw yesterday. But I, I said he was fumigating the offense, <laughs> which it needs it because it's been pretty stinky. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Great for him, and you mentioned the red zone, and that was my number one takeaway uh, and the top headline um, from my observations piece. Flacco, man, he knows how to navigate his way through the red zone, and that is such a stark contrast from what we've seen from these quarterbacks over the last couple of years. You know what he did in the red zone last year? What? Nine games, mind you. Mm-hmm. Ten touchdowns, one interception. Ooh. That was on pace for – 18 touchdowns, two interceptions in the red zone. You'll take that. You will take that. You know what Case Keenum did? In in 16 games, no pro rating going on here. 11 touchdowns to four interceptions. Mm, Not quite the same, is it? Oh, Ryan, it just reminded me, though, when you said Case Keenum. Remember how dynamite he was the year before in Minnesota in the red zone? I think he had the highest pass rating of any quarterback all year in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, that was just a fluke. That's all we can – we just have to go back and say that was a fluke. There's nothing we can change about that. It's, yep. it's old news at this <laughs> point. And um, uh, on top of Joe Flacco being great last year, what leading up to the Broncos game, when did they play them? Was it week four? Yep. The Ravens were 100% in the red zone, meaning when they entered the 20, they scored a touchdown Every single time. I don't know if they continued that. They continued at the Broncos game. They sure did. Three I'm, for three. I know it went at least 10 for 10 at the start of last year. I had the res- I had the research in my story mm. yesterday. Clearly didn't read it. Did to do your homework. <laughs> uh, I know. You saw, so it's okay. Um, 12 for 12. Started 12 for 12. And talk about balance. Six passing touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns, which is pretty impressive. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was great in the red zone last season, and he really put that on display yesterday. The most impressive of the bunch, because he went three for three in a set um, that I don't even know if another quarterback had a touchdown in the set, but he went three for three, including one where he was flushed from the pocket, and he doesn't look, um, what's the word I'm looking for, graceful when he rolls out of the pocket. But, man, can he put the ball on the money? And this one was the throw of the day. Rolling right and a little bit back, he finds Cortland Sutton on the back line of the end zone, floats it with just pristine touch to Cortland, where only Cortland could have caught it with extended arms, drags the toes, touchdown. And that's when I was like, wow. 
that is just not something we've seen. I mean, there was – I think there was a couple, you know, Trevor Simeon had the one where he threw it on, on a line, on a sidearm to, to Emmanuel. There's a couple ones where you've seen throws like that over the last couple of years. But this one was a thing of beauty. Like I said, the only person who could have caught it is Sutton. And it was rolling right hard with him sprinting across and he put it into, you know, if there was a tire there where he needs to throw it, he put it through the tire. And that's a veteran Super Bowl MVP type of move, right? And yes, he's only been, he's never been a league MVP. He's not doing this. Uh, he's not, you know, lighting the league on, on fire. But these are the plays that bring the Broncos to the playoffs this year, Ryan. It's not making mistakes when it matters most, unlike last year, where that's all the Broncos did was was make mistakes when it mattered most in their limited opportunities. If Joe Flacco is efficient, not not twelve for twelve to start the season, not uh, eighteen to two in the, in the year. If he's efficient with this defense, Ryan, it's this is going to be a very fun year this year. Not talking about the future. And what I what I loved about Joe working in the red zone was that throw that 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 you just detailed, but also. That he was going to the left. He hit Troy on the left one time. In the middle, Cortland Sutton on the right. He was looking everywhere. Because you know what? If a quarterback focuses even just on the middle and the right and doesn't look to one side or won't look to the middle or won't look to the outsides, you know how easy it is in a tight space for a good defensive coordinator to say, our two safeties or or one of our linebackers and one of our safeties are just going to be camped out in that side and we'll probably bring the other two guys over to help in that side and then you take a tight space and make it so there's zero room to breathe and ryan i want to show you something really quick my second tab open is your story oh. i just i just missed it ah okay okay all right <laughs> i don't know about that but i'll, I'll I, I swear i mean you uh, you could have been doing anything in the last five minutes since i called you out on that i was talking mm, <laughs> i don't know uh anyways Flacco looked great. The one that you talked about in the middle was actually – we didn't really have the angle for it. It might have been a more impressive throw. All I know is there was a lot of people there, and they all ended up on the ground, but Jeff Hireman had the ball in his hands. It was a touchdown. So yep. who knows how good of a throw that was or what the window looked like. It seems like it was tight, though, just because there was a lot of uh, collisions and one man with the ball, and that was the guy who was supposed to have it. So, of course, everyone's saying, okay, talking about how great Fumagalli is. You mentioned Jeff Hireman getting a touchdown. What about Noah Fant? And, of course, whenever there's good, Ryan, people always think of the bad. Is it a concern? No. No, I'm not concerned. Um, uh, the coaching staff definitely wants to send a little message to him. He was not getting work with the ones yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has before. And he has. I think well, – and I bet you if you asked Vic Fangio, he'd say it's more about Troy doing well. And – how could we disagree? Because we saw it out there on the field. We'd say, yeah, I mean, he certainly played well enough to deserve those reps. But I think all of the rookies – can you name a rookie who looked great yesterday? We didn't, we can't, we didn't no. really see much from Dalton. Right. I mean, if I'm not calling his name, I guess it's a good thing for most offensive linemen. And your top story was Mr. Red Zone, a.k.a. Joe Flacco, not Drew Locke absolutely lighting it up. Yeah, I mean, Drew had some good throws, some bad throws. It's what we're going to see from Drew. Um, for I think probably all of this OTAs and Noah he was used in some interesting ways they had some cool little screens drawn up for him they had you know some stuff going on but 
none of the rookies to me jumped out and you said, wow, that guy had a great day. Jawan Winfrey made it into my notes as he's becoming a favorite of the backup quarterbacks, whether it's Hogan, Locke, Rippon, whoever it is, they're finding Jawan Winfrey a lot, which to me is always a good sign. It means you're getting close to, to moving up to the ones. There was a, I think this was just individual drills where I think each quarterback threw a ball. And so, of course, different wide receivers, they were doing an out route, what, about 20 yards down the field. And the first one was a great catch by probably Corton Sutton. The second one, I think it, it, it was a good catch by, oh man, I almost called him Bubba Caldwell. I mean, Brendan Langley. And the third one, and so I, both you and I were like, whoa, that was a good one. Whoa, that was also a good one. And the third one was Juwan Winfrey. One-handed, I mean, what, when the ball touched his left hand, it didn't move at all. Great, extended too. I mean, it was something where if you would have got a picture of it, it would immediate. It would be in his house right now. His his parents would have framed it. Yeah, it was Velcro, pure <laughs> Velcro from him. Um, so I, I think I don't know. I mean, the rookies they're just constantly getting more and more piled on to them. Um, they're you have to give them a break, I guess, when it comes to OTAs. They're not going to have great days every day. And for some reason, yesterday was just a, you know a collectively down. And I put that in, in quotation marks. Day it was way more veterans who are standing out have we seen enough from the rookies where right now taking a step back where we are right now where you feel confident in what this group is going to be this year and and in the future no but have you seen enough where you're not like you're not worried about them yeah and if we were beaming about the rookies every single time after we watched practice then you might be saying Okay, well, who are these other guys then? If we're only talking about the rookies who have been on the job for less than a month, Ryan. I mean, the draft happened one month ago, and then they had to wait a few weeks to get here. If we'd be talking about them every single time, then that's when, you know, the positives, and that's when looking at the negatives would be legit. So I've seen enough where I'm comfortable in, in what I've seen from them moving forward. Now, you, you don't want to see this multiple weeks in a row, but I don't expect that. Noah Fant has been good. He's he's really impressed me just with the way he moves. And this is great news about Troy Fumagalli emerging. I mean, ev everyone was saying, okay, this year or in the future, you got Jeff Hireman is a solid number two, you know, a good blocker, can catch the ball. And then you're going to have Noah Fant just be this excellent receiver. Jake Butt, well, what if Jake Butt can, can evolve? And then you have Fant and Butt as receivers? What if it's Fumagalli? And that's probably the guy who right now, if I had to put my money on who's going to be the best two for this team in the future, it's him. There's, are, is there a chance they keep four? Yeah. They might almost be forced to. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about that. I, I was also thinking maybe they start Jake Butt on the PUP. That'd be okay. Um, I mean, he ha he hasn't even had a year yet. Yep. It'll, it'll be what, week? Four, is that when it happened? Right. So maybe they start him on the PUP, and then they have to make a decision later down the road. Especially if you're feeling good about what you have in Fumagalli and Hireman. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to go here, but I think keeping four is very much in play. Um, here's 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 how you keep four, Ryan. Really quick. You want Kevin Hogan or a fourth tight end? Give me a fourth tight end all day. <laughs> Even though some people are saying that Kevin Hogan has been the best second best quarterback behind Joe Flacco I disagree he was the best yesterday I'll give him I'll, I gotta give credit where it's due uh he had 
I guess I'll call it solid. Um, he had a solid day. Nothing really impressed me, but nothing made me say, God, this guy sucks. He's not lighting it up. No, 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 no. But neither did anyone else. Nope. Um, Brett Rep- Rippon clearly has a ways to go. But I think when all is said and done, it's going to be Joe Flacco's the starter, Drew Locke's the backup, and Brett Rippon on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some other trick they can use on him. Right now, let's say you're week 14, you're in the playoff hunt. Joe Flacco tweaked his ankle a, just, a, just a tiny bit. He's getting it taped up, and the defense just turned the ball over. Drew Locke. Okay. <laughs> I, right now, Vic Fangio would probably feel more comfortable with Kevin Hogan for one series to, to lead the offense. By the time, they, Ryan, we say it every week. I look at you and you say, what are we doing? What are we doing here with Kevin Hogan as a backup? Because we both know what the answer is in the future, what the answer will be at, tra- at the end of training camp. So what are we doing? But yes, right now, Kevin Hogan had the best best day of the backups yesterday. We will give him that, and he will take it. Um, speaking of the rookies, just before we move on from this um, little rookie talk, went to um, an event last night titled Around with the Rookies, and it was at Top Golf. so shout-out to Top Golf and our friend Yu Chang, um, listener of the podcast, friend of the podcast, friend of the company, really. It was fun. Basically, uh, sponsors from the Broncos could buy a, a bay. They got one of the rookies to come play with them in their bay. They played top golf. You know, the winners got to choose a charity to donate money to. It was really cool. Um, in terms of their golf games, Brett Rippon, number one. Mm, uh, it's always the quarterbacks. It is. Probably number two is Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to see if there's anyone else I saw impressive swings from. Noah Fant is just, he's, if you give a really good athlete a golf club, you know? Right. Like, he can figure it out. Yeah. Um, some shanks, as you would expect, but also can crush it, you know, if he, if, if he gets one. Other than that, some ugly, ugly stuff out there. <laughs> I, I won't put him on blast. I'll say, who needs the most work, Ryan? Who needs the most Ryan Koningsberg tutoring? Oh, my God. So many. <laughs> um... Is it Romel Gurrier? Yeah, there you go. There you go. $3,000 signing bonus. I just, I don't understand how someone who's so athletic can look so lost. (laughs) Like, we're talking about a world-class athlete. If you got onto an NFL football field, even if it's just a practice, you are a world-class athlete. And it, he just, the arms and the hips, it's all (laughs) floppy and there's nothing (laughs) happening. And he kind of got the hang of getting the short, shorter ones. But I j- it always blows my mind. Golf is such a weird sport. Like, for me, I can't remember what it was like to hold a golf club and not know how to, like, keep your arms straight, generate some power, move the hips. Like, And when I see it, I'm just like, Did- is that what I looked like the first time I picked up a golf club? Like, I don't – some pe- people have a really hard time, like, s- actually, like, swinging the club, like, making it <laughs> swing and not just, like, flop around. Ryan, not all of us are golf aficionados, champions like you, and you stole the headlines yesterday. I got to show <laughs> my best skill outside of writing and podcasting, <laughs> which is golf. So I, I, uh, I appreciate that. All right, moving on here. Any other uh, – I guess we do have to talk a little bit about Chris Harris Jr. being out there. That's about 
the extent of my observations about Chris Harris Jr. He was out there. He was out there. He played two snaps at a time, Ryan. So your observations were very keen on that. Uh, he was out there at left corner, just like he was last year, the Aqib Talib spot. Uh, and Chris, we talked to him after. Uh, he's happy to be back in the building, Ryan. He said he's a football. He probably he's probably not the best at golf. The way he talked about his life, he has his kids, his wife. He loves his family. His wife takes care of everything. He said because all he does is football. So he's happy to be back in the building. Very businesslike, very straightforward. No gushy, super gushy feelings about being back. He did do a classy move and thank John Elway, the Broncos, and the Bolins for uh, the the pay raise. And uh, then it, it wasn't. Yes, I'm going to do everything to be here. Hopefully we can get an extension done. He said, my mentality has always been to retire a Bronco. Uh, and uh, that that's where that ended. Will the Broncos, will he give the Broncos a chance to re-sign him after this year? He said, definitely I'll give him a shot. What else was he? Why, why would he say no to that? Uh, and Chris is back and he's ready. Real quick, I forgot two shout-outs I need to give. After the two quarterbacks, the two best out there, were Joe Ellis and Vic Fangio. Mm. Just needed to, needed to give that shout-out. Joe Ellis surprises me zero. Yeah, Fangio got a, got a nice little transfer to him. Uh, I talked a little bit about his golf game. He's a solid player. Anyone that wears uh, the, the two cherries on their sweater, John Elway and Joe Ellis, are good golfers. Yeah, I need to get one of those. I feel like it just <laughs> makes you better. Um, anyways, Chris Harris Jr., I like the hope. Love to hear the hope. He wants to retire a Bronco. Says he he has 16 games to prove that to them. And in my mind, that's saying I have 16 games to prove to them that they need to pay me $15 million or more a year for my age 32, sorry, 31, 32, and 33 seasons. And I just don't think there's anything he can do to make that happen. Yeah, and yesterday he didn't come out as strong on the yes after this year. I'm going to be the top paid cornerback in the league. But again, he was kind of he he was he was businesslike, straightforward. You love the mentality that he's bringing this year. I mean, he's on a contract year like he was before they gave him 3 million dollars, but he didn't get the big time money that that he won. He didn't get the what was it? 20 million, 40 million and guarantees, so he's hungrier than ever. Uh, he was reflecting on the last time he took a deal, and w- what were the words he used? I think he said, um, I was fooling around in reference to the last contract he took, and the way I took it was he was fooling around by taking a hometown discount, by not by being too afraid to hit the open market and, and by not waiting just, what was it, a year that he had left? And he's not doing that this year. No hometown discounts. You ready for this? Chris Harris Jr., contract year. Will Parks, contract year. Justin Simmons, contract year. Adam Gotsis, contract year. Derek Wolf, contract year. Shelby Harris, contract year. The whole damn defense is on a contract year. If you want to keep going, Todd Davis, not contract year, but he can be cut with zero dollars uh, wasted next year. Uh, who, what else? Chris Harris, obviously, you said that. That's incredible. So what? The two guys you signed this off season are guys that aren't really playing on their final year potentially. And these are things that get overlooked at this time of year. Not here on this podcast, though. 
But you look back after the season, you're like, wow, all of these six guys had a really good year. Oh, they're all on contract years. Like, we all like to believe that it all stays the same. You know, it, it's it's more fun to believe it's not about the money and that these guys just play for the love of the game and and whether there's money on the line or not doesn't affect them. And if they sign a big bonus contract, it doesn't change anything for them. The truth is, for most guys, they're human. And all of those guys that I just mentioned will have an extra edge this year, and I guarantee that. And we might look back at the end of the year and say, holy cow, all of these guys were fantastic. And don't be surprised if that happens. You want to go on the offensive side of the ball really quick? Sure. Emmanuel Sanders, contract year. Garrett Bowles, not a contract year, but playing to show that he should get his fifth-year option picked up, which is essentially a contract year. Exactly. Ron Leary, contract contract year. year. Connor McGovern, contract year. Juwan James, he's safe. Who, did I miss anyone on the offensive line? Um, no. Oh, Dalton Reisner, no rookie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joe Flacco, not <laughs> a contract I mean, year, but contract he's playing year for, for forty-eight million dollars this year, at least twenty-four for next year. Devontae Booker. Yep. Contract. Philip Lindsay, he not a contract year. He's under contract for one more season after this. But if, well, I guess even if he doesn't ball out. He can negotiate. He, he can get a new contract after this year. It's kind of crazy. Holy cow. First of all, it's a little um, unsettling. Sure. Because you're, when you think of next year, because yeah. you're like, oh, my God, the whole roster could turn over. And if you have a fantastic year, people are going to want to get paid, and you're not going to be able to keep everyone. For Vic Fangio, though, maybe, it might actually be comforting. He's saying anyone who I don't like doesn't fit in my system. It's going to be really easy to just let them walk. Yep. Uh, but anyways, a lot of money on the table every time they set foot out there this year, mm-hmm. whether it's with the Broncos or someone else. That's huge. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned Will Parks. Welcome back. <laughs> Not as if he's been gone, but welcome back to the fold. And this will be my last observation of yesterday. Will is, Will is here. All of a sudden, it like a snap of the fingers, and I'm going to write about this today because I spoke with him exclusively for about – eight minutes yesterday um which is long in in these terms um he was with the ones he was making plays he got the first pick of joe flacco in otas just the same way he got the first pick of case keenum last year in training camp uh he was all over the field being used in a multitude of ways both safety positions and all of a sudden i'm like was he hurt was something wrong then he then he Vic Fangio spoke about him after practice. Now he was asked, but he said only good things. He mentioned that he can play both safety positions, and that's how they're teaching it to him, that he's done a great job. And he said, quote, Vic Fangio doesn't wax poetic about players. This is all he, two things. One, that he said he's versatile. That was huge in my mind. He also said this, I feel good about Will. And to me, that's like a massive compliment coming from Vic Fangio. You know who was... Outside of Chris getting the $3 million, you know who who couldn't have been more happy that Chris was back yesterday? Will. Will Parks, because Chris, in this defense, it's clear what, what it means. When Chris is in, and you have Chris on one side, Bryce Callahan on another, then Vic Fangio feels good. While, while they're not, those guys aren't on man-on-man islands, necessarily, because it's going to be a lot of zone thrown in there, too. It just allows him to not focus on the outsides. And so what does he do? 
He brings in an extra safety, which is Will Parks, and drops Bryce or, or uh, Kareem Jackson in the slot as a linebacker, moves him all over the field. That's going to be Vic Fangio's chess piece this year is Kareem Jackson. And it's clear that Chris Harris Jr. allows him to do that. And then, hello, number 34. I, wouldn't you have thought it was the opposite? Yeah. When Chris Harris Jr. wasn't out there, you would need Kareem at corner, which yep. would bump up Will into the fold. And that's why it didn't make sense. You and I are going, okay, something really is going on here. But all of a sudden, it's the other way around. And you saw it yesterday, and I said this uh, on the radio with my guy Nate Kreckman. I said the alignment was my biggest takeaway from Chris Harris Jr. being back. Now you see what it looks like, and it looks like Chris, Bryce, and Kareem all up on the line with Justin and Will back, and you don't know what Kareem's doing because he he could be a corner and he could be a safety. You could be in a three-safety look, and you also could be in a three-corner look, and it's confusing. Um, but for Will Parks, man, he he's he's back in the uh, in the old vocabulary when it comes to talking about this defense. He, we're we're going to be seeing it at from yesterday. We're going to be seeing him a ton, a, a ton. And boy, don't you like that? If there's questions at inside linebacker, not just with the type of players those guys are, but especially with the fit in this scheme, with questions about being able to cover tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. Why not just take one of those guys off and do exactly what Vic Fangio is doing? It makes too much sense. And in the past, it's made too much sense where it's followed that saying where you don't do it. Vic Fangio, it makes so much sense that you know what? He's doing it. Last thing I'll say on this, and again, one, make sure to read my observations. Read Zach's story on Chris. Um, like I said, it might sound crazy. that I actually wrote about more in my observations than we just talked about here. Um, and we didn't even talk about really what you wrote about which is Chris Harris and, and his belief in this defense and whatnot. Um, one, little thi- one little tidbit from my article with Will that should be coming out today or tomorrow. He, in college at the University of Arizona, he played outside corner, he played slot corner, he played free safety, and he played strong safety. Now, it doesn't always translate to the NFL, but how about that in terms of versatility? Mm, and Vic oh, And, loves. of course, Sam Backer. Right, and Vic loves versatility, and that's the thing that Chris pointed to yesterday was all these guys we have in the secondary, they are all versatile. Absolutely, and what else is versatile is Strava Craft Coffee because not only is it coffee, hey, it's also a CBD supplement. <laughs> uh, it's a CBD-enriched coffee, and it has helped people with all sorts of stuff. We're talking back pain, arthritis, IBS, migraines anxiety this stuff is is almost miracle coffee uh it's an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient cbd is and the coffee is rich and tasty check it out for yourself today and receive 20 percent off when you use the promo code bsn 2019 at checkout and they'll ship the stuff right to your door as always in the second segment we get to the questions from the listeners and we got our Get to them right away because there are plenty of them today first one coming in from mark it snatch he says to start Pardon the uh, litany. Blood sausage. Oh, can we go down this road? That okay, is you brought, you brought brought blood sausage up yesterday. I broke the rules. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Oh, he says blood sausage and black pudding are absolutely delicious. Oh, my God. Why are we doing this? 
Does it keep going down this route? They both have a rich flavor and, depending on how they're cooked, a fantastic texture. I've had great and terrible blood sausage, and it definitely comes down to who's cooking it. I understand the squeamishness, but come on, try it. Ryan and I will both try it. Never said I wouldn't try it. Exactly. Pudding, man. Mm, that sounds terrible. It does. It really does. Now he says, on to brighter topics. As for CHJ, let's play a best-case scenario. He ages similar to Champ Bailey. While there was a steep decline after he turned 35, he was still effective until then. Guys, that's five years for Chris. That's five years of competent play after which you can either pawn him off for an extra draft pick or convert him to safety and let him ride into the glorious orange and blue sunset of retirement. Worst-case scenario, like you said, Darrell Revis. If you want to keep him, offer him a ridiculous contract before he tests free agency. Three years, $16 million per year plus. Play chicken. Push your competition to see what they're willing to pay. If they bite, they're overpaying for a slow, slowly declining older all-pro cornerback. If they don't, you're a career Bronco, a fan favorite. Merch will pay itself if it hasn't already. And depending on Chris, a potential cornerback coach after he retires. Side note. I might be too much of an optimist. <laughs> he says, he finishes up with, also, I don't care if it's bad for you, a nice glass of cold water settles the stomach and tastes great. Since your body has to work to warm it up, congratulations, you're burning calories. A Love it. win, win. Love it. Great take. <laughs> great take on water. Uh, bad take on Chris Harris Jr. Mm. <laughs> don't, off, don't, don't try and play that game. We call that here, we call that a bloody take. We call it... Uh, where, where I'm from, we call that a paddle raiser. Mm, I know, I know where you're going. <laughs> Someone at a one of those charity events who's just trying to up the price yep. to get more money for the charity. Sometimes uh, you get caught with egg on your face though, because <laughs> you raise like they're like we're going six thousand, six thousand. Do we have six thousand? You raise it up, and then you're the guy. Like sixty five hundred, <laughs> sixty five hundred. Do we have sixty five hundred? And now you're down six thousand dollars, and you just you just ran out of the building. Yeah, you you're like, oh no, you guys must have the wrong number. <laughs> Definitely wasn't me. I don't even have six thousand dollars to my name. So yeah, don't be a paddle raiser. So what do you do? You just let him walk. You make him an offer that you're comfortable with, and if he doesn't like it, then you let him walk. If you make him an offer before free agency. And he doesn't like it. He's going to be offended. He's going to be turned off. He's going to say, I'm going to, worst case, I'll take that same number from someone else. What if you just don't give him an offer at all? And then here's what's going to happen with Chris. So he's going to ball out this year. He's going to hit free agency. He's going to sign day one or day two for a massive deal. And then if you're John Elway, you may look a little silly for not offering him anything. But here's, here's the other side to that. Let's say the market just does not treat him like he, he expects. $11 million is what he's getting offered. Then the, then the Broncos swoop in and say, Chris, we'd love to have you back. We were, we were waiting for this time. Well, you know, they won't say we'll match any offer you get, but they'll know what's going on, and they'll say, here's three years, $11 million, 25 of it guaranteed. You know who holds the key to Chris having any chance of coming back here? Who? Isaac Yadam. Mm. And... It's not uh, – he doesn't have any control over it if, he, if it, he has it his way because his way is he plays well. And I'm not even saying great. He plays well. Just enough for Vic Fangio and staff to say, ah, Isaac Adam, he is a passable player. If that's the answer, then they will be fine. 
going forward with Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson when needed and Isaac Adam and maybe even the Boz. <laughs> if Isaac Adam stays on the same place that he was last year, which is wants to be good, can't figure out how to be good, then there's a little more pressure on the Broncos. But I think with this system being the way it is and, and not telling a corner you got to make every play out there, just it's really telling the corner be in the right place. And if Isaac Adam can do that, the Broncos are probably going to say, we don't need Chris Harris Jr. What if Bryce Callahan outplays Chris this year? And you're saying... Probably get more opportunities to make plays. And you're saying, we got number one cornerback for $7 million. Plus, we, we see the improvement in Isaac Adam. Yeah, sorry, Chris. We're not paying you 11, 10, 12, 13 plus. Exactly. Next one here is from Nick Gilbert 93 Says, good day to you both. Jerseys. First couple I can remember were a TD30 jersey and a nice number 14 Brian Greasy jersey. Mm. He says, tell me why I grew up idolizing him. (laughs) It was your formative years, and he was the starting quarterback of the Broncos. That'll – I wonder if there's any kids that were uh, idolizing Trevor besides me. Probably. Yeah, I think a lot of kids thought Trevor Simeon was cool. Exactly. He was cool. Poor kids. (laughs) Um, he says two framed pictures and a jersey of the 2000 Pro Bowler when it comes mm, to Brian Greasy. Wow. He said, I always told people I recall Terrell Davis running wild and Brian Greasy as the quarterback as my first few Broncos memory. Oh, well, on to 2019. Hashtag <laughs> lock for MVP. <laughs> I love that. Next one coming in from H-Town Bronco, starting very similar as Nick did. He says, good day, fellas. It has been a while since I have commented, and I feel like now is a good time to jump back in. Jerseys, my first ever... Wow. My first ever jersey I got when I was in second grade, a Brian Greasy jersey. Are these are these two like uh, twin brothers? I had a Brian Greasy jersey. Mm, when'd you get yours? Second grade seems about. Eh, it's probably like fourth. Okay. All I remember about it is it was Adidas, and I don't understand why. <sighs> was not that right in the time? I don't think Adidas ever did the NFL jerseys. Really? I think they did. And I think Nike got them just like 10 years ago. No, it was Reebok before oh, that. Oh, wow. That's a valuable one. Yeah, I don't. I guess there was like a weird. Maybe there's like a merch deal where Reebok didn't have the exclusive rights to make merch. Wow. I don't know. That would never happen these days. Definitely not. I don't, maybe it was. Maybe there was a year where they had them. And uh, I don't know. But. That, that's all I remember about it. That's interesting. Yeah, that's very unique. He says, I've since had a Champ Peyton Von Miller Super Bowl MVP edition with the patch, the blue jersey, my favorite. Last year, I got a Bradley Chubb jersey, and this year, I plan on snagging a Philip Lindsay one. And I'm also and I'm also with Ryan. I keep them all. Still have the greasy jersey. My daughter wears it to bed sometimes. Aww. LOL. Oh. He says, Qu- really quick on the jerseys. You know how uh, some people... And, and it was more than just a commentary yesterday. Some people hate on uh, people old, people over, what, 13 wearing jerseys? Mm-hmm. The, a bunch of the Broncos that weren't at Top Golf yesterday went to the Rockies game. A lot of those guys were wearing Rockies jerseys. So if you're going to say it to you know an accountant who's 40 that he can't wear it, you got to keep the same rules and say, Bradley Chubb, take off that Rockies jersey, which that's why I'm not saying it. Nolan Arenado. That's what he was rocking. Yeah. And by the way, picture from the locker room comes out. It's Kyle Freeland hanging out with uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Joe Flacco. You know what Kyle Freeland was wearing? 
Not just another man's name on him. Mm. He's wearing another man's <laughs> face on his chest. And hair. And his hair. <laughs> That's because he was wearing the ho- the homegrown Phil jersey or uh, shirt, the BSN shirt in the locker room. Man, Kyle is the absolute best. And you know what Kyle shows? He shows that no matter who you are, you can always be rocking BSN gear. Absolutely. Cannot agree anymore. H-Town Bronco then says, quick question. I'll be in Denver June 22nd to July 5th. Any BSN events going on? I doubt it, but worth an ask. Or just events, feel free to throw suggestions my way. You should go uh, to a fireworks show on July 4th. Mm. It's a pretty, pretty uh, unique event here. <laughs> um, Coors Field throws a pretty gnarly fireworks show. The only event I can think of is me going to Cabo. <laughs> ah... Man, right as H-Town Bronco comes in, Ryan leaves. I got to avoid him. Weird, greasy <laughs> fans out here. Now, uh, nothing yet, but we will certainly keep you uh, up to date with any BSN events that are going on. Next one here is from Cleavers83. It says, hey, guys, to chime in on the Chris Harris Jr. contract news, per Rappaport, the deal isn't as crazy as I thought before reading the tweet. It said to get 12.05 mil, he basically was given 600,000 to sign, 650,000 to show up to the first practice, and a 1 million dollar roster bonus plus his base salary that he already had. Seeing the number spelled out like that, I felt like we didn't really have to affect the cap at all, so why not make Chris happy if all you need to do is give cash that isn't even yours? Well, it it's 3 million dollars is is basically what it boils down to, I guess. Uh, Cleavers likes to see it split up between a few bonuses uh, and an additional $1 million thrown that way. But, Ryan, we were so against it when it was $15 million, when it was doubling his salary, and then you're, paying, then you're taking away a starter for next year, and he's vanishing just to get the same player. Just giving extra money doesn't really make sense, but neither you or I have said, what a terrible move. Zach, what weighs more, a thousand pound bag of bricks or a thousand pound bag of feathers? Mm, they weigh the same. Ah, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter how you get to three million; it's still three million. Exactly. Vertical socks says vertical socks is indeed a reference to the vertically striped socks of the Broncos' first uniforms. Holy cow! It's vertically it. vertically striped socks just sounded too ponderous for a username. Mike Kliss tweeted this after. He should have said, he should have called himself Vertical Stripes. Vertical Stripes. Hmm. Vertical. I would have never thought back to those socks. They're so great. Remember so, when uh, they wore them for the 50-year anniversary and Brandon Marshall would, like, twist them up his legs and they're, yeah. like, swirly? Yeah. They need to bring those back. They're so ugly, but in a, a very endearing way. E- exactly. Vertical Socks. Why, why did you not go with uh, brown and yellow, kind of ugly vertical socks. Mustard and brown. (laughs) I guess he didn't want that to his name, which I would understand. He says, Cliss tweeted this afternoon, Joe Flacco remains Broncos' best quarterback by far, but Kevin Hogan has been the next best. Is this just an overreaction to Hogan having his best day so far at practice, or has Hogan really been the second-best quarterback at OTAs? I'm going to go with the former, Zach. (laughs) Uh, An overreaction to Hogan having his best day, and... It's not as if he was lighting up the field. It was just completing passes. And add on to it, someone asked Vic Fangio after practice about Kevin Hogan and being this, the second guy, and Vic said, Kevin is as good 
as I've ever seen him. And, you know, fair, the last time I saw him was a few years ago. So, Ryan, Kevin Hogan, this is just facts. He has pretty much the same stats in real NFL games as Paxton Lynch. <laughs> so is it is how hard is it to be better as a veteran than those stats and what Vic is remembering from the past? So, But they come across as Kevin Hogan's the best I've ever seen him. Let me ask you this, Zach. If you were planning on someone being your number two quarterback, would you play him in practice when you go with the second-team offense against the number one-team defense? Would you want to play your second-string quarterback then or your third-string quarterback then? I'd want to play my second string. And I'll let you guys deduct where I'm going with this. <laughs> one of the quarterbacks has been getting those reps mm. against the first-team defense when they go twos versus ones. Very good. One of them has been getting those reps. <laughs> and he's got a cannon of an arm. All right. Um, this is from Bleed Orange Blue. He said, did you guys see Emmanuel Sanders taking batting practice at Coors Field? I guess he's almost 100%. I would like to be I – would like, I would like swinging a baseball bat puts some tension and torque on your Achilles. I think you're saying I would think swinging a baseball bat puts some tension and torque on your Achilles. Ryan, we've, we've said it for a few weeks now. Emmanuel looks – Great, great. And Ryan, he was working out in front of us yesterday. Now, not not wearing a helmet or pads. He was not practicing, but he was working out, running, doing some uh, uh, plants, which are encouraging to see. So he was so close to us that he just came and said hello, shook our hands, chatted up for a few minutes. Uh, he was in a great mood. He's feeling great, clearly, and he he looks great. Such a politician. <laughs> Such a politician. <laughs> Wise man. Bleed Orange and Blue says, what's the difference between Vietnamese pho? I call it, I know how it's pronounced. I refuse to say it that way because I feel like it makes me sound like a D-bag. Um, pho? Yeah. yeah. So I just, uh, I can't say it that way. I'm like, I'm, I'm just like a white boy. I'm not saying it that, that way. That was the first time I've ever said it that way, even though felt, I have known how to say it. Felt bad, didn't it? It did. Yeah. <laughs> so no disrespect at all. I understand how it is. I just feel like I'm. I feel like it's more disrespectful for me to try and say it the right way and just sound like a bag. You sound like me now, and I appreciate that. All right. He says, what's the difference between that and ramen? I hear people talk about ramen, and it sounds like pho. I'm, I feel bad saying it both ways now. <laughs> don't, don't talk about it anymore. Um, it is the same, right? No. Mm. I believe the Vietnamese dish you're referring to that I'm not going to call by name. <laughs> is served with wa really hot water, okay. and it turns into broth by what you're cooking in it. Okay. Whereas ramen, first of all, uses ramen noodles, which I don't think they use in that. Right. I think they use rice noodles. Right. Um, is cooked with a broth. Mm. Now, not top ramen, except for that little seasoning pack. It does kind of turn it into a chicken broth. Yep. Um, I believe that is one main difference. I would venture to guess that the vietnamese dish is healthier whereas this has more like oils right. and other things where that's just kind of like meat some jalapenos maybe um whatever else you're using to kind of like spice up the the dish but it's not quite as like flavorful whereas the ramen you're getting the, those like thicker noodles um and a lot of stuff put into the broth to make it like really pop Welcome to your cultural lesson of the day presented to you by Ryan. Presented to you by... Elixinol? Elixinol. <laughs> I was trying to think of some brand that has culture in it. 
the BSM Broncos podcast. There you go. <laughs> All right, from Bearded Bronco. He says, good afternoon, my dudes. You guys are hilarious. We listen to you guys try to figure out who we are and what we're about with so little information. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I really enjoy listening and now participating as a subscriber, and we're really happy to have you with us. He says, Bearded Bronco has two references. One, I do now have a full beard and in the process of growing it into the six-inch-off-the-chin beard you mentioned yesterday. Do we believe it? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He says, I was watching some videos on DenverBroncos.com and realized that my current beard looks like Tyler Columbus's. Mm, okay, that's that, a good reference point. That is a good beard. He says, a much more simple reason is my last name is Beard. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. He says, I have two Broncos jerseys. My go-to is TD, and I have a Peyton Manning, which I got in a silent auction. That is the worst spelling of Peyton I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> we still love you, though. He says, Ryan, I know you mentioned that you have to use the community grills if you want to grill some food. Do you have a balcony? If you do, you might want to look into a Traeger. I ditched the regular old barbecue grill with a propane or charcoal and purchased a Traeger wood pellet convection grill and smoker. Okay, uh, Bearded Bronco does work for Traeger. Traeger. <laughs> Traeger, yes. And that was a slight flex. He says, one of the best purchases I ever made. Surprisingly, two of my favorite things to cook on the grill are nachos and pizza. Mm. My wife started buying these gluten-free frozen pizza from Costco. I threw one on the grill and was amazed that a frozen pizza, gluten-free nonetheless, could taste so good. It was cooked. It was like it was cooked in a wood-burning oven. Perfect crust all around and under, and the nachos are equally amazing. I don't know how to pronounce it, but Ryan, have you ever seen one? Do you know about these? these pizzas the traegers oh yeah my stepdad is obsessed with grills he yep. has like seven yeah my brother loves it life-changing i'm telling you at my parents house one two three <laughs> four <laughs> five there are seven grills wow seven Sweet. grills are they ever at all used at the same time definitely not mm. but he he's awesome love him he is just obsessed with having the right grill for exactly what you're making and so he'll be like oh we're having a tenderloin like it can only go on this type of grill. <laughs> that is amazing or, so you have the best meat he's like oh we're gonna smoke this but it can only be smoked in the pit barrel like you can't smoke it in that type of smoke it's just, <laughs> it's just different you have to do it and i'm like all right man it's, what is it's his thing what is the iowa beef cook on couldn't tell you <laughs> but traeger there's definitely a a couple of them in the mix and there's mm. the pit barrel there's the green egg like it's <laughs> wild uh, but i love it it's his thing he's all in on it <laughs> next one from bronco biker 5280 says hey guys i wanted to throw in my thoughts on jersey discussion my first was a carl mecklenburg these days at the apparently too old age of 38 i'm rocking a custom number 13 jersey that my old lady got me with my own last name on it. So it's Biker on the back? Because mm. his name is Bronco Biker? Maybe it's Bronco Biker 5280. That could be his last the name. The number, is, oh, it's 13. I was going to say the number is 5280. <laughs> he says, I was a little too happy when Trevor went away. For the future, I think I might be getting a Derek Wolf. I know his time with the team is limited, but he loves this team to the bone. And he was a major player in the Super Bowl winning defense. Plus... We're both getting we're both white guys with dreadlocks, so I could always uh, call it cosplay. 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 Do you, do you know what that is? No. Of course you don't. <laughs> cosplay is short for costume play. And it's essentially these people who 
<laughs> it's not going where you think it is. Yeah, come on. Don't don't be giving me crap for not knowing what this is. I'm it's essentially there's there's like conventions where people go and some people dress up as like Wonder Woman. Some people dress up as Game of Thrones characters. Like whatever it is, it's it's the act of getting into costume, but not like a costume that you would just buy down the store. Like these people like put hours and hours into making perfect costumes. Have you ever heard of I think it's called furries? Okay, we're not going down that <laughs> road today. It's where my head went. <laughs> I know it is. I saw the look on your eyes. Uh, no, it's, I mean, maybe there is other layers to it, but it's more about, like, putting together really cool costumes. Yeah, well, that that's that's really cool. And you know what? Derek Wolf is one where he's not a John Elway where the jersey is evergreen and everyone has it. But Derek Wolf is probably a, a good one to get if you want to be under the radar, and his that, that'll be good forever. The funniest thing about Derek Wolf having dreads is he doesn't live the lifestyle that you would expect or, or have the views or any of that that you would expect from a white guy with dreads. <laughs> like, growing up in Boulder, I saw plenty of white guys with dreads, yep. and they are very, very, very different <laughs> from the way that Derek Wolf approaches life. <laughs> I don't know where Bronco Biker falls in on the spectrum. Very different. And also, if you've just seen the dreads coming out of his helmet, you got to look at a picture of what... It, it's not just a full head of dreads it's it's very uniquely artistically designed gotta love it i think <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> all right this one's really cool i read it last night wait really quick he says put your oh. brats in a smoker with hickory chips 225 degrees for two hours you think i have two hours to cook a brat <laughs> i don't even have time for a seven minute soak with my cereal <laughs> i'm sure it's great and, and i'm not hating in that sense when i'm thinking of cooking brat when i'm thinking of cooking any meal I'm already starving. <laughs> it's one of the, I think it's one of my last steps into becoming a grown up. Mm. Thinking about what to eat and making a decision before I'm hungry. <laughs> I think it helps you eat healthier too. But for me, it's like, oh man, some brats sound good on the grill right now. I don't even like waiting for the grill to heat up. <laughs> you don't even have the brats. Right. Yeah, exactly. I got to go to the store. Then I got to come back and warm up the grill. This is already like a 30-minute process, and I am pissed by the time that I'm eating these brats. He says... By the way, I got to wait for the full char. Exactly. Oh, man. I feel like a brat... not getting the char in the smoker. No, you're not. Maybe you throw them on and get a char afterwards. I'd like that. I feel like doing it in the smoker would make them ultra wrinkly without any (laughs) char. If I'm going to get the wrinkle, give me the char. (laughs) I've never seen wrinkly brats. I can cook you <laughs> on some. <laughs> I, I only see the dogs get wrinkly. It's uh, it's if you let them cool. So like when I go back for my second, it's been sitting there. It's almost shriveled through the little cracks because I keep it long ways. Stop doing the long ways thing. <laughs> he says, kind of on the same topic, he says, can I assume, assume Zach has never had a microwavable burrito? No. What? Of course I've had a microwavable burrito. Oh, okay. Burrito. I thought you were going to say, yeah. no, you haven't. No, you can't assume that. A microwavable burrito is yeah. essentially a Hot Pocket. It's the Mexican version <laughs> of a Hot Pocket. <laughs> uh, I, also, I wonder if they have like uh, Mexican food flavors of Hot Pockets. Can't say I've ever had like a, a Taco Pocket. What? They should, right? If there's Mexican I they, pizza. I bet you they have like steak fajita or something like uh, that. Yep, exactly. All right, we move on. And like I said, this one's cool. I read it last night. He says, hey, guys. So I know there's some NASCAR fans 
and there are some not NASCAR fans that listen here, and he points me out as a non NASCAR <laughs> fan. Though I've always said I would love to go to one. He says I'll be doing the flyover at the Quaker State 400 at Kentucky Motor Speedway on July 13th. How dope is that? I just got chills. That's so cool. I really want to go. July 13th. Can we? We still have a week. Oh, you're gonna be gone. Yeah. I mean, we could have done a live podcast. Live podcast from the infield. Oh, from Kentucky Motor Speedway. That's so cool. Congrats. That's awesome. That is so cool. He says, also, any Chicago area fans, and I know we have a few, he says, I'll be doing an air show display on August 17th and 18th. That's awesome. You guys really should get out there and go support 702 Pilot. Anyways, he says, now on to football. I'm fine with Chris leaving next year. I think we should draft a safety with Simmons resigned and move Kareem back to corner, and by then our depth will be better, or we could just draft a corner. Question. What has been the intriguing thing that you have seen at OTA so far? Thanks for the coverage. Oh, boy. We've seen a ton. But really, I, I want to I touch on your idea of moving Kareem around. That probably doesn't make the most sense because if, if he's at safety this year, he's probably going to be at safety his third year. So just especially if it works out this year with him at safety. But just remember that he is also moving around. He's going to be playing a lot of slot corner too. Um, and – so I, I like your plan with drafting a corner. If you need it, like you said, Ryan, in the first segment, you may not need it if Isaac Yadam can develop. Wouldn't it be just incredible if one of these third-round picks at corners finally panned out? <laughs> I mean, we're not talking seventh-round picks undrafted guys. How many have there been? Just two? No, there has to be more. Drafted or third-round? Dra- third-round drafted corners. Obviously, Yadam and Langley. Yep. We'd have to go back. Okay, yeah. Torrey Nixon, Lorenzo Doss, they were both late round picks. Right. So maybe it is just two. Yeah. Feels like it's 100. It really does. Okay, here's a question. This time next year, what side of the ball is Isaac Yadam playing on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hope offense. Maybe that's where we should be. St- you hope defense. No, I hope offense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope defense. Um, I feel like there's there's one that's like so irrelevant that we can't even remember them. A think you're probably right who is it <laughs> i know you're out there somewhere uh Not i mean obviously football. bradley roby falls into the miss right. category yep even though there's the whole super bowl thing which is hard to qualify and the fifth year option was picked up but not not a hit like you want we'll call it a half hit yeah we won't call it a bust call it a single there we go double it's a double uh he turned the corner hard hard he turn the base Hard turn. It was in between the in, it was single distance, but in between the outfielders where he thought he might have been able to get two. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> there was hope. Yeah, exactly. From mile high down under. Good morning to the two, three today. Great man. Just just two. He says been a while since a post, so I thought I'd comment. Happy to see the back. Happy to see the end of the Chris Harris Jr. contact drama. I think we all knew it was going to be resolved, but the sooner the better, or else you'd potentially being. St- be stuck with someone like dot 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 jamar taylor the name of the guy who we forgot on the podcast that one day he said yeah that's the guy anyways been waiting to ask a couple of questions and didn't want to jinx the chris harris jr situation firstly we know all players move and we deal with it but where do you stand on a player's legacy with the team if it ends poorly a la Le'Veon bell in pittsburgh do you think their exit impacts how they are viewed long term in that town slash team (sighs) 
nothing impacts it more. Le'Veon Bell, that was as bad as it could be. So, yeah, that one certainly impacts it. But Antonio Brown is the same way. Yeah, well, absolutely. Those situations are extremes. Now, Demarius Thomas did not have a good exit from the Broncos. He he made it very clear that he didn't like the way he was treated, and then he went out to uh, bash the team on his way out. That's going to be forgotten down the road. Yes. Uh, I don't believe in the saying, time heals all wounds, but I do believe time <laughs> heals most wounds, and that is one wound that will be healed over time. Also, yeah. most of his shots were at Vance Joseph, and people aren't true. can't really be mad about that <laughs> anyways. Um but I mean, look at I think the perfect example is Carmelo Anthony. Mm. It wasn't necessarily a nasty exit on his part. In fact, he did the the Nuggets a favor yep. by telling them a year in advance that he wasn't going to resign with them, so they should trade him. And even then, he's not even he Nuggets fans don't even really want to acknowledge him as one of the greatest Nuggets of all time. Now he is. He's not the greatest number fifteen of all time in the Nuggets anymore, though. <laughs> but. No one like there's no love for Carmelo. In fact, you can't even really wear a Carmelo jersey to a Nuggets game. Yeah. So there's a very fine line. Essentially, don't make it known that you don't want to be there. Right. And you'll be fine on your way out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm not worried about Chris not being able to come back here or anything. No, the Chris Harris Jr. jersey will be chill forever. Yes. All right. So secondly, on players who have left this offseason. Who do you think will have the greatest impact on their new surroundings or landed in the best spot for them to help you out? Case is in Washington. Shane Ray is with the Ravens. Jordan Taylor is in Minnesota. Shaq is in Tampa Bay. Max Garcia is in Arizona. Said good luck to your boy, Ryan, if this guy's a required player. Paradis <laughs> is in Carolina. Roby is in Houston. So you're telling me you pretty much traded Roby for Jackson. Almost doesn't seem fair. Turner is with the Packers. Lacoste is with the Pats. And Brandon Marshall with of course he says he can't type it it's the Raiders <laughs> boy who's in the best situation to have the greatest impact I have mine pretty easy I'm going Shaq same yeah yep he's, he's a baller he could have been a starter what from his second year on here yeah he's the best player out of any of those people exactly so that seems easy to and me. good for Tampa I think five million for Shaq is a steal it's one year though um which is unfortunate for Shaq, but I think he'll end up making money on this. Exactly. So, who would you who would you put second? I'll say Paradis. Mm, yeah, second best player. Yep. He says um, also have loved college football for the longest time, but never felt my, tel- my felt myself attached to any team. So count me in as a Buffs fan from now <laughs> on. Why effing not? <laughs> Hashtag Go Buffs. There you go. New coach. New energy. Best player in the country on the team. There you go. Actually, top 10 pick next year. Yeah, for sure, top 10 pick. You are going to love LaVisca Chenault. He will um, enthrall you from the start. And especially for people who don't like the college football because it's not like the NFL. Well, he literally could have started on Sundays last year as a true sophomore. So he's an NFL player. Will you love him when the Raiders draft him in the first round next year? Uh. He would look dope in that jersey, let's be honest. The Raiders, I mean, I, just, I can't hate. The Raiders jerseys are dope. Him and Antonio Brown. That's dangerous, unless it's Derek Carr throwing to them. <laughs> All right, uh, before we move on here, I want to tell you about our friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America. 
What makes Weinster special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers. Meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine. Not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you got to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then when you fall in love with a couple wines, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs at all. And I love Weinster because it was founded by three CU buffs. Uh, sign up today with the promo code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's Weinster, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. And I really want you guys to support Weinster. It's one of the coolest companies out there. Um, and they've, they've partnered with us, which makes them even cooler. And you will not regret getting the wines that they offer because every single one I've had was fantastic and i'm not even like a connoisseur but i feel like i'm turning into one just by enjoying all of these great and hard to find wines you ready for some speed round of questions ryan let's do it first one coming in from cole Voselli says hey guys when you guys started talking about marquette king you reminded me of the last jersey i was planning on getting before the texans game bmac what are your thoughts on special teams jerseys in general no <laughs> so jason elam no no. Mm, can't even be an all-time great. Even with my favorite number. Ah, still no. Wow. Come on. <laughs> There's nothing cool <laughs> about special teams. What if you turned your old Jay Cutler 6 jersey into a... Uh, help me out here. Name slip in my head. The punter. Oh, Wadman. Wadman, yes. I thought you were trying to come, come up with some play <laughs> on words based on the letters in Cutler. Oh, no, no. Wadman. He's wearing 6 now. Looks like Jay Cutler. He does. Uh, from Bronco Joe Form Cali. There you go. From Cali, maybe? I think it's supposed to be from Cali, but okay. it's pronounced form. <laughs> hey, guys. Won't be my first comment on the pod, but it will be my first since becoming a subscriber. Hey. Welcome in. My first Broncos jersey was a Brandon Marshall number 15. It was a surprise give on my 12th birthday from my dad. Might even be younger than us. Hmm. Welcome. I was shocked because my dad is a f- diehard 49er fan and I and always hated my love for the Broncos. My pops is a true football vet, so of course he got a couple size bigger and it still fits to this day. Nice. As for the subject of the Broncos, you went to as for subject of Broncos you went to high school with, I went to high school with Booker at Grant Union High in Sacramento. Go Pacers. Mm. Unfortunately, Booker is one year older than me and my last year on JV, he won state with varsity. I can't complain too much. We were a top three team in the state my last two years, but I never got one of those giant rings Booker did. So, yeah, listening to the Denver media, including you guys, bash him all last season was not the easiest thing. Whoa, whoa. Devontae's been my guy. Eh, I don't think so. He's a good three. I'll, t- I'll give you that. So, I believe RK's comment was about me was, quote, this must be Booker's brother or something. <laughs> oh, I remember this yeah. now. I remember this Twitter interaction. Well, I've only known him since Pop Warner football at the age of eight, so maybe you guys can understand why I cringe every time Ryan calls him just a guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's just, he, that's what he is. <laughs> he turned 27 yesterday. Happy birthday to Devontae Booker. Shout out to people ah, who are 27. So there we go. Bronco Joe, 26, 25. Just, yep, just a little bit younger than yep. us, like I said. I know you guys don't agree, but I fully believe he's better than Freeman. Ugh. <laughs> You're really killing me here. I hope he gives us a chance to prove it this season. Hey, at least I don't have to hear you guys talk about his 3.4 yards per carry as he put that narrative to bed last season with limited snaps. Also, hot pockets are terrible. Don't do it. 
Thank you. Thank you, Bronco Joe. I was thinking about them yesterday while driving on I-25. The thought's out of my head now. Thanks to Bronco Joe from Cali. Oh, man. He's good three. (laughs) Good three. He's not better than Royce Freeman. Yes, he is. Stop. (laughs) Don't mislead the people. No, he's not. Okay, there you go. Unless you believe it. You want to present a case? No. Okay. He does look good coming out of the backfield, though, even even now. I noticed that yesterday. He had a drop, but other than that, he was solid. Don't say he's just a guy. But that's what he is. <laughs> Next one coming in from Bronco Duck. He says, what's up, guys? My first Bronco jersey was Terrell Davis, also my all-time favorite Bronco. I've always thought jerseys are a fun way to show support for your team. While watching practice, have you guys noticed Reisner playing multiple positions or just left guard at this point? Just curious to see what combo comes out in week one. Can't wait for the season. Yeah, he was there yesterday, and one thing we didn't mention about uh, our observations is that Ron Leary was also on the field now. It was limited, but he got in on the 11-on-11, which is the first time we've seen that. Yeah, and Reisner is staying put right now. Vic Fangio said he wants him there for at least a week of OTAs. I've just seen him in that position still. It'll be interesting next time we get to talk to Vic next week, especially when we get to watch all three practices. Maybe they're moving him around more often than we get to see. Yeah, absolutely. And the next one here comes in from Chris O'Brien. He says, Chad Kelly is long gone, and Rippon is here to fill his role as a low-cost slash potential upside quarterback. I still root for Kelly and would like to see him succeed in the league, though. Do you guys think he makes the roster in Indianapolis? They've got a pretty crowded quarterback room over there. Ryan, name me the quarterbacks out in Indianapolis. <laughs> All right, we've got Andrew Luck. Neckbeard. Neckbeard. Not to be confused with Andrew Locke, mm, who's here in Denver. Yes. Um, they've got – they don't have Jacoby Brissett. Do they, no, they, they have Brissett. They have Brissett. Nah, they do. They still have Brissett. Well, that is pretty loaded. Who else do they have? Uh, Chad Kelly. Well, yes. I am uh, pulling. Didn't they draft someone, too? I have no idea. Here we go. Man. Oh, no. They, they wanted to pick up a guy as an undrafted free agent, but then he found out Chad Kelly was coming, and he didn't want to go anymore. Mm. It had nothing to do with competition. He just really didn't like Chad Kelly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, Brissett, Kel- Philip Walker. Ah, uh, yes. From the great college of? Oh. Starts with the T. Tennessee. Temple. 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 He's 5'11", though. So, wow. Chad Kelly's bigger. Prototypical. <laughs> uh, anyways, do you think he makes the roster amidst that tough competition? Yes. I think no. he I, I think He's I, in the organization is what I'll say. <laughs> like, can they practice quantum? I think so. Yeah. Someone in uh, Indy wrote like a column today. Oh, no, maybe not. Sorry. Continue. No, he did. <laughs> he wrote a call. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did not. Uh, someone in Indy today wrote a column like saying like it's BS how many chances Chad Kelly's gotten, and I can't really disagree. No. When you're a Kelly and you have talent, you'll get that. Well, not just a Kelly, but an Elway or whatever. Yeah. A name. And also white. Hmm. Oh. Yep. Just leave it at that. Yep. Uh, from Carrick's 4. Hey, guys, no questions today, but I figured I'd chime in on jerseys. First off, I had never even considered buying a Peyton Manning jersey for the simple reason I still don't consider him primarily a Bronco as most of his career was with the Colts. How do you feel about this take? Carricks, I love you, but I hate this take. I uh, And, you know, non-Broncos. I'm, I'm surprised Carrick feels this way because non-Broncos fans, when a Broncos fan points to something Peyton did here, they're like, yeah, but he's a Colt. 
Like you, you, every everyone else views him as a cult. He won a freaking Super Bowl here. Hey Zach, where does Peyton Manning live? Denver. Where does Peyton Manning go to record uh, his ESPN series detail? This room. Pro- potentially. <laughs> Probably gets a little better room than this one. But he comes here. Uh, which team does Peyton Manning attend double-digit games of every season? The Broncos. So what we can surmise from these facts mm. is that Peyton Manning believes he's a Bronco. Mm. And that's good enough for me. Yep. If he went, and I wouldn't have blamed him for this. If he went back to Indianapolis, sure. got a suite there, you know, was hanging out there every week, I would say, you know, you got to respect that. He right. spent most of his career Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, he loves this organization, even though there was some, as there always is, it's never amicable when it ends. It's never perfect when it ends. I, I shouldn't say amicable. It was amicable. It's never perfect when it ends. Did he get to choose to be a Colt? No. Did he get to choose to be a Bronco? Sure did. Did he get to choose to stay a Bronco? Sure did. Mm. Thanks for bringing that clarity. That was a great argument. Thank you. <laughs> felt really good coming out. Uh, so anyways, yeah. But we still love you, Carrick's for. We do. And, and, and here's the cherry on top for me. He won a Super Bowl as a quarterback of the Denver Broncos. He's a Bronco. He's not only a Bronco, he is a great Bronco forever. Yep. Period. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and we're done with the podcast. <laughs> you know what? Just end it. He says, with this said, I got my first jersey in 2012 with my dad, and he immediately picked a Manning jersey. But I hadn't started following football that closely because the Tebow year made me start watching, so I still didn't know many players. I ended up going with a white Vaughn jersey, even though I didn't know much about him. My grandpa had just passed, and I remembered him raving about how good this kid was, so I chose Vaughn because he was my grandpa's favorite. That's a really cool story. Man, yeah, and your grandpa was right on. He hooked you up with a fantastic jersey. Sure was. He said, over the next few years, I acquired a Sanders, Harris, and DT, and far more now. Wow. But for Super Bowl 50, I was wearing that white Vaughn jersey, so I think I made the right choice. Sorry for the long post. Without a question, but just wanted to chime in on the jersey thing. Keep up the good work, guys, and hopefully soon more Henry. Thanks, Carricks, and and uh, man, you you've got uh, quite the quite the jersey selection now from just starting a few years ago. There are some people that have like dozens. Like, have you ever seen the pictures of people like laying them all out on their bed? I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> a, that is a legitimate investment. It's a lot of cash. It is. At least it's not hockey jerseys. Oh, like twice the cost of football jerseys. You mean sweaters? Sweaters. Yes. yes. <laughs> and that's one good thing about hockey sweaters mm-hmm. is you can actually wear them <laughs> to stay warm. Exactly, Ryan. Final one here coming from Drops, which says... This is a buzzer beater, by the way. This is a buzzer beater. He says, what did you guys have for lunch today? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. No, Not lunch yet, it but it's tw- lunchtime. 12.30 at you press time. You guys should be feeding us. 12.30 at press time. I have had a grand total of two spoonfuls of peanut butter today. Again? To yeah. Again? That's what he did I yesterday. need to go grocery shopping. And right about this time, he was complaining about how he hadn't had food yet. No, it was more like two. When I was complaining. That's true. That's true. I'm still, I shouldn't say complaining, Ryan. You never complain. I was still on, I'm still on my um, appetite suppressant from my venti mm. iced blonde Americano. <laughs> I have had plain yogurt with frozen wild blueberries. Those are the small ones. Mixed them in, topped it with some almond pecan granola. Oh, God. <laughs> You're my, you you should be a Portland Trailblazers <laughs> Whoa. Now we're done with the podcast. <laughs> what does he finish with? He says, so with Fangio inheriting a better team than John Fox did, should we expect the Broncos to be a wild card team? Question for Broncos country. First, we'll start with that. Um, 
remember, they went eight and eight. <laughs> right. So you might be able to expect that. There's and no. That is the ultimate backing into the playoffs of all time. And don't forget, there was divine intervention. Have I told the story of how I tried to sell tickets to that playoff game? No. Okay, I'll get to that story. But first of all, one of the craziest coincidences just <laughs> just occurred. And I swear to you, did you know he was here? I knew he was here, yeah. I had no clue. I had no clue he was in the building. But just seconds, literally seconds after I just made my case that you described as eloquent uh, for – Peyton Manning and why he's a Bronco, including the fact that he's always hanging around the Broncos, got a tap on our door here at the podcast room to let us know that Peyton Manning was here <laughs> and that one of us got was going to be able to go talk to him. So just literally right before I told that story, we stopped, went out there, talked to Peyton for about 20 minutes uh, with a couple of the other reporters here and learned a lot of really interesting stuff. Definitely stay tuned to BSN Denver uh, later today for a fantastic story from Peyton Manning um, on Vic Fangio. That's all I'll give you guys. Mm. And he also said he wasn't contacted about the Jets GM job. Um, Wasn't the right time for him for Monday Night Football. He's working as a a volunteer assistant for his kids' teams right now. a lot of really, really good stuff from Peyton. So, again, stay tuned to BSN Denver. We'll have some of that. Um, and and that was pretty cool. First time I ever actually got to shake Peyton Manning's hand. What do you do if you're the coach of a youth sports team and the volunteer assistant is Peyton Manning? Same thing you do if you're the coach of an NFL team <laughs> and the quarterback is Peyton Manning. <laughs> you get you the hell out of the way. <laughs> get the hell out of the way and let the man do his thing. Uh, but anyways, why is Peyton Manning a Bronco? Because of that that stuff, that <laughs> yep. type of stuff. So yep. that was pretty cool. Wonder if uh, who was it? Karch, Kirch, Art, Art, Arch. No, what are you talking about? No, Carrix Four will uh, now get a Peyton Manning jersey. I mean, that's really the question that we were on. Yep, exactly. That is crazy. Uh, anyways, I was telling the Tebow story. Yes. Okay, so quickly, because we got to get out of here. Bought tickets to the playoff game in which Tebow, Steelers, that whole thing. Well before. Found out I had to leave the state. Thought, oh, well, I'll make a bunch of money off of these tickets, Broncos playoff tickets. I got them for like 100 bucks. I'll be able to sell them for like 300, whatever. I was 18, maybe, maybe 19. I don't know. Um, Put them up, and no one is buying because this is right after the game where they lose, what, nine to seven or something to the Chiefs. They're backing into the playoffs. They're eight and eight. Tebow mania is still a thing, but a lot of people aren't believing they're going to be able to do anything in the playoffs because they just had an embarrassing loss to end the season. I believe – was it Kyle Orton who started the game for the Chiefs that day? Was it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. So – No – he was still on the team. Kyle Orton was still on the Broncos. He was? Yeah. Because that's who Tebow replaced, right? Right, but I thought they traded him or cut him. I don't think so. I think so. The same year? I think so. Wow. We'll have to look it up. But he did go to the Chiefs and played a game against the Broncos. He did, yeah. I think it was that one. Wow. Maybe not, though. Anyways, 
I end up selling the tickets for forty dollars, just to oh, just to get what? something off. Like that's how bad the secondary market was for tickets to that game, and wow. I'm sure. 250,000 people now tell the story that they were there mm-hmm. somehow some way. <laughs> Your boy one You could have got in. <laughs> you could have got in for $40 that day. Wow. To see one of the greatest moments of Broncos history. That is insane. You yeah. were out of town? Yeah, I was out of town. Man, I was hoping you were going to cash. You had a little smile going across your face during the story. I thought you were going to say someone swooped in for like 1500. You, you want to know what really sucks <laughs> is uh I got an offer for 175 the first day <laughs> it's like deal or no deal right <laughs> turned it down uh the regret is palpable still uh the thing i regret most is just why didn't i just stay in town ta- <laughs> you know like i should have yep. just canceled my plans yep and stayed in town but anyways that's the tivo story of course which perfectly leads into peyton manning becoming a bronco if <laughs> if Tim Tebow can go eight and eight. Peyton Manning can go thirteen and three, and the rest is history. Exactly. So, I believe that's going to wrap it up for us today. We got to finish the final question from oh, Drop Switch. My apologies. He said, uh, "Oh, the question about Fangio: Should the Broncos be better than uh, than Fox was? Oh, and that to all tied right, into Tebow all and everything." In, yeah. So he finishes with question for Broncos country: What made you guys a Broncos fan? Maybe this today made you a Broncos fan. Peyton just continually showing up here. Yeah, let's hear your stories. You can chime in kind of like your first Jersey story. Drop Switch says, I had a love for horses when I was a little boy, so my dream car was a Mustang, and that, that love led me to the Broncos in elementary school. I went to my first Broncos game two years ago against the Chargers in the season opener. We won that game, luckily. Cheers. Awesome story. Again, let's hear it. Uh, give us your story and maybe even throw in how you discovered BSN in there and just for, you know, extra little bonus. Love it. All right. That will wrap it up for us today. Like I said, you don't want to miss what's coming to bsndenver.com later. Really great stuff. Uh, so, so tune in and make sure you get that um, URL dialed to bsndenver.com. Make sure you subscribe so you can check this type of stuff out. Anyways, we will talk to you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. Later. Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. 
You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Weinster is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Weinster is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Weinster, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Weinster is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Weinster is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Weinster.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 